0: Loneliness. It is literally killing us,
1: but more and more the research is telling us that they are real health consequences of loneliness. Results
0: in a 29% increased risk of heart diseases. That's equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes every day.
1: The problem is that more and more people are lonely today. In fact, it's almost one in three. We must connect to people, we must engage with people. Time and time and time and time again, it's community that saves us. My name is Rachel Abel and this is The Missing Piece. I'm a leadership specialist and community builder at UNSW and I'm also known as Head of Making Friends. The most important thing to me here at the uni is to make sure our 60,000 students feel connected, that they belong, they matter in our now hyper-connected world we're facing a loneliness epidemic which is taking a serious toll on our health and our well-being and could be the next economic and public health crisis working at a university i've come across so much research that points to community as the missing piece to helping solve this very real issue but building community is really hard so i thought i'd go out into the real world and interview the likely and the not-so-likely experts about how they build their communities. I'd like to share with you what we've learned and what the science says about how to build open and sustainable communities that boost connection and reduce loneliness. Why? We believe community really is the key to future-proofing education and also your business, our public services and personal relationships, because belonging is better. Each night, millions of Australians tune in to watch people competing for fame and fortune on hit shows like Survivor, Big Brother, and The Bachelor. Reality TV is a multi-million dollar industry which, as we all know, aims to entertain. But reality TV also holds many important lessons about community. It's a way to zoom out and take a look at ourselves as we watch communities form and fall apart. These broadcasted social experiments act as a mirror which helps us to understand how we connect to one another. If you've ever watched reality TV, you've probably watched something made by today's guest, Maz Farrelly, a.k.a. Maz Speaks. Maz is a former and some would say recovering reality TV producer turned speaker, author and CEO whisperer. When it comes to making a hit reality TV series, Maz knows exactly what it takes to make it work. And that is the four C's comedy, characters, conflict, and consequence. However, today I want to talk to Maz about the importance of a fifth C community. I am so excited to have you on the show. We have been planning this conversation for a very long time. We have. And we have finally managed to get some time together. Um, and I know that your, your so at the moment is so glamorous. You are jet-setting around the world, <laughs> speaking in different venues. It's incredibly hard to pin you down. So I am so grateful that we've managed to grab you today. I'm delighted. So, straight off the bat, can you, as a producer... Make people like each other or loathe each other. Can you create or break community in reality TV?
0: One word, yes, you can. Which is kind It's kind of terrifying in a way mm. because we always used to kind of say we've got to use the force for good. If you make something like Big Brother, I made five series of Big Brother in Australia and in the U.K., we used to call it changing the temperature of the house. So you could make the house a really happy house and you'd give them all a party. It'd be lovely. Or you could change it in an instant and you could say, so there are four people in this studio. You'd say, so today we're going to give you a party for three of you. Rachel, you decide who comes to the party. Yeah, yeah. Now, you could choose to leave yourself at the party, which would make you the hero and bring everyone together. Right, create a community. Yeah. Or you can say, smart Steph, you know, she goes to lots of parties. I'm not going to invite her. In which case, Steph's on the outside. Steph doesn't like you. We would, in the house, I liked the Big Brother house when it was on the verge of rebellion. If we wanted to bring them together, we would give them a task, which would bring them together. So you have to keep this fire going for the next three days. That's all. Just keep it alight. Mm, mm. And we know that you will stand together. If you're standing at a fire, what are you going to do? You're going to chat. There's nothing else to do. You have to stay there. So if we gave you an individual thing, peel, peeled potatoes, you could go and sit anywhere and it will make the house fragment. If you want to bring them together, you give them a task yeah. that they have to do together. Yeah. On The Celebrity Apprentice, the first thing we did to stop them being too cosy one year, which was a terrible thing to do, but quite funny, Um do I sound really awful, like I'm a terrible person? I'm actually very nice, but <laughs> it was straight, my job. <laughs> you've gone straight into the breaking
1: aspect of the yes, question that I asked you. So, that's you know, nice, so isn't it? I'm not saying
0: anything. Uh, yes, we got the celebrities, uh, we said to them, can you line up in order of fame? I mean, what an awful thing to do mm, to mm, people, to say. Mm. And suddenly they're looking at each other and think, well, I'm more famous than you. And people did actually say out loud, I think I'm a little bit more famous than you, so I should go there. And you can see their face, kind of mm. like, Really? So you can bring people together very quickly if you give them a common goal. And when you think about reality, well, actually any TV show, you have to bring people together who don't know each other, haven't worked together for years, they've never probably met, and they have to become a team or a family very, very quickly. Yep. Yep. So what we would do is we would get them all together and we would explain what the show was and what our goal was. And you'd say, our plan, and I'm going to write it on the wall, is that we are the number one show. And we have that in common, common community that is the thing that unites us and makes it common we are going to work to be the number one show and everything we do is about that so we had that shared interest and then we would give people the tools and the time Uh, and when you give people tools time and information I think they can come together and they can create great stuff
1: so it's true that sharing a common goal brings us closer together but the key is to link that goal to a memorable message or motto, like, we're going to be the number one show. Leadership strategist Adrian Dernal tells us that the key to successful goal communication is to refine and repeat. Motto should embody the spirit of a shared vision and act as a common symbol for members of particular communities. So Maz's motto not only reminds team members of the purpose of their work, but unites them in their common goal. I guess we're kind of jumping in there. We're making the assumption that you can actually create this kind of artificial community. Would you define it as a community? Like when you were working within those shows, would you say it was yeah. a community? Oh, absolutely. We
0: came together and the thing that we had, we had lots of, of stuff in common. We were working really long hours. And um, I'll not use Big Brother as an example, but it could really be Survivor or The Bachelor or any of those shows where you go somewhere to work so we all left our lives and mm. we moved to the Gold Coast. We didn't know anyone else. So we all came together. Yeah. We were each other's support. We were each other's social group. Yeah, We were all that we had, really. That's and quite I intense.
1: That's quite an intense it's experience very intense. everybody. Yeah. You
0: take yourself away from your world mm. and you move somewhere and you work with those people and you work on a show and you work really long hours and you don't see anyone else. And I remember my mum saying to me, You know, I feel so sorry for the people in the house because they're there all the time. And I said to her, I'm there all the time. One Mm -hmm. of them's going to win a million and I'm not (laughs) walking away with a million so I don't feel sorry for them at all. In fact, I feel quite bitter. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it is, it's it's very strange. And we, at the beginning, we would have parties. So we would bring everyone together and we would have social events and we'd plan a few because... When you drink and you eat together and you share fun, it brings you together. Mm. So I think anything that is tough brings you together. Mm. Shared experiences bring you together. So people who've been on Big Brother stay in touch. Crew and contestants, Mm. strangely. And what we're also building, so we want the cast to become a community. You want the crew to be a community. Mm. You also want the audience to be a community. You want them to feel like they are family and people who are very good at stuff like this lady gaga i think calls her fans monsters little monsters yep yep so they're a community justin bieber had the beliebers
1: or whatever they were <laughs> i don't know i'm old uh i think benedict Cumberbatch has his come a bit oh he yes. does yes. yes yes yeah but that's great yeah. taylor swift's Called something, but I'm too old to know what that is. So, you know, but I'm, um, yeah. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. I listened to a murder podcast, uh, my favorite murder. It's brilliant. And they're called Murderinos. Nice. So, if you listen I to like it, that. you're a Murderino. She, yeah. And I saw someone <laughs> in Melbourne recently wearing a Murderino t shirt. And I'm like, oh, hi. And she was have thought, who's this bird? But I felt like we were part of a community. Yeah, yeah. So, you also want your audience mm. to be a community because when they are, uh, they will watch, they'll spread the word. You feel like it's a fun place to be. You want to be part of that group. Mm. You know, community is is a benefit to everyone. And if you can create a community, you have a support system. You have an audience. And in my formal world, what I want is an audience. What I do now Mm. when I do uh, speaking gigs, I will set up a Facebook page for the group that I'm speaking to. And create that community and then they can help each other because they've been to my workshop they have that in common common uh, and they can help each other so they can create their own community and ask each other questions and share experiences
1: see i think it's so interesting that there's things we can learn from that so i'm thinking about areas that you know people are working towards trying to get people to engage better in elections for example <gasps> People are trying to get people to go to church, for example. Can you imagine if somebody in a congregation kind of had planted people who were there to kind of get engaged with the sermon or something like that? How much more engaged an audience? Can you imagine if we, what would happen if we swapped Maz Farrelly one day with a vicar in a local church? What do you think? How would that play out, do you think? the end of religion.
0: <laughs> I think that Donald Trump became the president of the United States because of TV, mm. And he had a very clear message. It was the thing written on the wall. Make America great again. Mm. Now, it's a very, very, very good message. Make America great. You know, there's no one in America that goes, oh, do you know, I don't really want America to be great. I'd really like it to be, well, kind of, if it hits average, I'm good. Mm. Mm. Make it great again. So you're harking back to a time when everything was wonderful. Of course, it wasn't wonderful. Mm. It's much better now. But it's a really, really, really smart tagline yeah and i think when you have a very clear message like we want to be the number one show yeah you bring people together and i think with very clear messaging you can do anything
1: are there things that you do to engage the audience in particular so to make them feel that they've got that kind of sense of ownership
0: yes we used to do things on big brother a thousand years ago that were really simple Uh, we would say we're going to give the housemates a uh, takeout tonight—Chinese or Indian—and people would vote. Mm-hmm. Madness! But thousands, tens of thousands of people would vote on whether they should have <laughs> poppadoms or fried rice. I mean, it was insanity in a way. But you
1: felt that you were a part of that group. I can often not choose that for myself, let alone for a whole. Other I do of a people. poll. Yeah, poll now.
0: <laughs> yes. um, when I helped create Q and A Q&A mm. for uh, the ABC, one of the things that we talked about was having the twitter feed yeah and we talked about having the twitter feed as part of a community you could have your say so mm. if you said something i disagreed with and i'm sitting in Potts point in my 50 million dollar apartment one day uh, and i'm watching i can say rachel Abel, you big fat liar <laughs> and it will come up and lots of other people will be saying the same thing yep. and it brings us together and we're sharing. You'll sit at home, you go, yes, I completely disagree with what she said. <laughs> or you're saying, how can you put that up there? That's, no, I completely agree with her. So tiny things yeah. that we do can create community. Creating a social community is exactly the same, whatever you're doing. Yep. If you post stuff that is dull, here's a crazy thought, no one will engage. If you post stuff that's interesting, it doesn't matter whether you are a reality TV show, uh, a lecturer, a student, a CEO, it doesn't matter who you are. If you are interesting,
1: people will engage. Because I think some people would be thinking, look, I work in an office. I'm a manager. I've got a team. I can't be interesting. I can't be different. How important is it for me to be interesting? I just need to do my job and people need to do as I say.
0: Now, people say to me a lot in the corporate world, you know, it's all right for you because you work in showbiz. Mm. Actually, I work in a really dull industry. (laughs) And I say to them, oh, great. Well, if you want to keep it dull, then carry on doing what you're doing. Mm. Because I tell you what, you'll be winning the dull Olympics. But if you want it to be interesting, change what you are doing and it will not be dull. Yeah. I did some work with a high-end travel company recently. And uh, I said to them, what do you do? And they say, we sell travel. We sell high-end holidays. I said, no, I think you sell memories. Now, that's – you can tell your story in a really dull way or you can tell your story in an interesting way. And you can engage emotion. And when you do, I will join your community. You know, I want to own a home. I want to own a dream,
1: you know. Absolutely. And there's so much content out there. Now, people are completely bombarded on a daily, minute-by-minute basis with people trying to sell them stuff or people trying to engage with them in new and interesting ways. And if you're not engaging –
0: guess what? People won't engage. Absolutely. You can't create a community by shouting out the window, could you come and join me, please? I would love you to be part of my community. You have to create a party that people want to come to. Yeah. And that doesn't matter whether it's a party that people want to come to yep. or whether it's a workplace or whether it's a reality TV show or a football team or a classroom or a bunch of lecturers in the staff room. I tell you what, if you're interesting and you make an effort to be interesting and you make an effort to engage people, you will engage them and you will create
1: a community. Yeah.
0: If you invite people to something that's really boring, how many times do people say to you, I have to go to a boring meeting?
1: Oh, literally. Endlessly. Absolutely. I'm going
0: to a conference. It's going to be so dull. Yep. would be wonderful if they said, I'm going to a meeting. I cannot wait to get there. Every so time we looking go, I laugh it. Our heads head. It's crazy. <laughs> Why not? All of
1: my meetings are exactly like that. Exactly. Exactly like that. But you
0: know, if you had music playing on the way into the meeting, wouldn't that be great? If you yeah. said, this is going to be, I did um, Dancing with the Stars in the UK. And I did the behind-the-scenes show. And every morning, I think at 10 o'clock, and every afternoon at 3 o'clock, we had a 10-minute meeting. That was it. No one sits down. No one makes coffee. 10 minutes. And we would just go around the room. We'd say, what's working? What's not working? What's working? What's not working? What's working? What's not working? Really quick, came together as a little community. We mm-hmm. were very honest with each other. And then we went. And you think, do you know what? You can make it interesting, and you can make it fun, yep. and it will work, or yep. you can make it boring. If you make it boring... Here's a crazy thought. People will not engage with you. You will not have a community. You will not have followers. No one will have anything in common with you. They do not want to hang out with you. You make it interesting. You make it different. You tell people why they want to be there. You make them want to be there.
1: And for some businesses, this is crucially, that level of engagement is absolutely critical. And I'm thinking about in that education context, yes. it is so important for us to engage our students in the content that they're learning. They will be watching yep. this online
0: online and not to come to university. They'll be watching
1: Netflix instead as well. Yep.
0: Uh, I think that what I got from education wasn't really an education. And I think it was Stephen Fry who said, education is about what happens outside the classroom. It's when you're walking up and down the corridors. Mm. I met really interesting people, and I created a network with them, a community, and we helped each other, mm. and we still do. Yep. I'm still in touch with people I went to primary school with. So yep. 25 years ago now you know 600 years ago we're still in touch we are a community we help each other yeah. and i think if you do that within the education system people will continue to come to university if not i can watch it online yeah everything i need to know is somewhere out there and unless we create communities within education people aren't going to come to uni anymore they're no. going to sit
1: at home and save the money and what's so interesting is that the science says that actually that connection with the community, with a learning community, helps students learn better. Absolutely. They actually do much it's better in education. Yes. Of
0: course you will. Yes. If you're sitting at home and you're watching something by yourself and you're trying to learn and you're not interacting with someone, it isn't going to work. Mm. When you create a community and you're all in there together with a common goal, we want to learn as much as is humanly possible. We want to be entertained at the same time. Because I think education has to be engaging and entertaining.
1: Storytelling is a fundamental part of being human. By telling engaging stories, we build trust, connect with others, and communicate our ideas and values. When it comes to building communities on a film set or in the office or the classroom, storytelling can be an important tool for uniting teams and motivating people to work towards a common goal. When stories are engaging, or as Maz says, interesting, they create an emotional connection that's essential for building relationships and giving us a sense of purpose. According to Forbes, companies with high employee engagement and high performance cultures are great at telling stories And in particular, they talk about how and why their company is making a positive impact on the world. Now, I'm not saying that you have to make a song and dance about your mission statement in the boardroom, but making it interesting with a story is a powerful tool. Most reality TV shows are, essentially, there's an element of that competition. There's an element of people competing against each other, because that's what makes it kind of fun and watchable, and we all get engaged with it. Um, Does that make it more difficult for people to relate to relate to each other, or is there something about bringing people together and having that common goal and those things that bind the community together that still mean that there's that human connected, the social connectedness going on there?
0: In TV shows, the toughest thing is to remind people they're in the competition mm. because they will happily create a community very quickly and that's great yeah because it's fun it's lovely you yeah. a great comedy, time it's marvelous isn't make it friends but in the tv way you have to have them you have to kind of break the community mm. in a way because their instinct mm. is to come together you know we're nice yeah. and we're pack animals yep. and we don't want to sit by ourselves you watch big brother you watch survivor you watch any of these shows people aren't sitting in different rooms they're sitting together and they're chatting yeah. because that's yeah. what we do and the reason you have the weigh-in or the elimination or the whatever it is, is to remind them it's a competition, you're in competition with each other, that person is essentially your enemy, uh, and then tomorrow they're your friend again. Mm. And that makes it very hard, mm. actually, to be on a show. And I remember doing a show called The Recruit, it was an AFL show, and one of the guys said, yeah, I want to leave, this is too difficult, you want us to be a team and then you want to turn us against each other. And essentially that was the format of the show. Yeah. But it was quite embarrassing to have to say to him, yes.
1: But I guess, I guess you know, in terms of reality TV, the recruit is, is pretty much reality for a competitive sports person who plays as a team. You are going to win as a team and then you're going to get somebody who's going to have scored the most goals and they're moving up the league table in terms of the top goal scorer
0: They're going to get signed
1: to a different team and bought by a different team. So it's kind of a reflection of their life.
0: It is. It's interesting you say that. I did The Celebrity Apprentice and Dermot Brereton, the superstar AFL player, was on Mm. it. And we would ask him, who was great on the team today? And he'd tell you. And then Mm. we'd say, who was weak? And he would never say, everyone was great. And afterwards I said to him, this happened about three or four times, I said to him, look, I'm not asking you to stab them, but I am asking you to be honest and just tell me. And he said, I'll give you my background. I work on a team. Mm. I work on a team. Mm. And when you're a team, you're a team, you know. So I will never bag anyone on my team because they're my brothers. We are a team. And when he said that to me, because I have quite a small brain, I suddenly went, oh, my God, you're right. I now I get this. Whereas people who are in PR or, you know, they would quite happily say, they were rubbish, I was amazing, I'm great, get rid of them, <laughs> yeah, brilliant. But Dermot could never say it because his life had been part of being a community mm. and you look after each other and yep. you never criticise one another and you just don't do it. And when he explained that to me, I was like, ah, yeah, I get that. And that I think is, is really lovely. And it's, it's like going to sports. You know, when you go to sports and you look at the crowd, one half's wearing blue, one half's wearing red. Now, you could just turn up wearing whatever you're going to wear, but you don't. You wear yeah. red. And then you yeah. look on your way there and you'll see other people wearing red and you kind of go, hi! And you'll see someone else and you go and stand in the red area. Yeah. You don't have red, blue, red, blue, red, blue, red, blue. Red, blue. We, we do it. You know, we deliberately do it. We mark ourselves as part of that tribe. And when you're part of that tribe, you belong to them. And there's a pride in that. And there's, I dated, um, I dated this guy forever ago. Uh, I have dated other people since, but this particular guy I dated forever ago. And he uh, was a supporter of the Rabbitohs and they hadn't won forever. And I said, why do you keep supporting them? Because that made no sense to him. I thought if it was me, I'd just drop them and I'd go with someone else uh, because I'm as deep as a puddle. And he said, because you're with them through thick and thin. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. We obviously come from different backgrounds because the reality TV <laughs> producer <laughs> would be like, bye then, see ya. Uh, but yeah, they, he kept with them. He said, you, you're with them. It doesn't matter whether you're losing. He said, actually, when you lose, that brings you together. Yeah. You know, happiness brings you together. Tragedy brings you yeah, together. Yeah. And he said, we're always tragic. And
1: that brings <laughs> us together. That's the
0: community, yeah. Things that bring you together are hardship and fun.
1: Essentially, what Maz has told us is that when we put the needs of the group first, we build community, but when we put our individual needs first, we break it. Cross-cultural psychologist Harry Triandis suggested that the more we identify with the collective, the more our individual aims align with the aims of the community. He observed that in some highly collectivistic cultures, the difference between individual and collective aims could actually disappear entirely. Also. We know hardship and intense experience can bring people together. Researchers from the University of New South Wales and University of Queensland have found that what doesn't kill us makes our social bonds stronger. Social connection expert Brene Brown tells us that vulnerability is a core ingredient of social bonding. When we experience stressful situations, we become vulnerable, and this is thought to deepen human connection. So. When the competitors on Big Brother are asked to work together to keep a fire alight for three whole days straight, they really do end up forming connection. If you're a manager, I'm just kind of thinking, I know lots of managers, lots of um, leaders in organisations would be in a situation where their people don't agree with them or they have to, you know, deliver something that might be quite a tricky aspect to deliver. So there might be, um, big changes in the organisation. What What is the way, it's that engagement, that conversation, acknowledging what people are saying.
0: If you feel comfortable, if you've created, if you're a boss and you've created a really good community and people feel safe, mm. they can come to you and tell you that everything isn't okay. Yep. In TV, reality TV, you want people in the room that are saying, this is dull, it's mm. not going to work. Mm. This is dull, it's not going to work. Because I tell you what, I would rather it happened in the room than when we go on air and everyone says, this is dull, that didn't work. I want yep. a community of people who feel safe enough to sit with me and
1: say I completely disagree. And you're giving them the mechanism as well. Like you're 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 yeah, enabling them you're to safe. tell you what they think. You're
0: part of a community, mm. so you feel safe there. Mm. Mel B, I love. Uh, and I remember saying to Mel B one day, you walk into this huge audition, and there are two thousand people here, and they completely disagree with you. <laughs> yeah. And you'll say, "I know you're 14, but you can't sing." Mm. And they go, "Boo! This is terrible." Now she feels part of that community. We're all in it together. Mm. And she'll turn around and go, shut up. <laughs> and they love her and they'll start yeah. laughing and they'll applaud her. And you just kind of go, she's often right as well. We're in you it know. together. Yes. Mm. And she'd say, who told you you could sing? And they go, my <laughs> mum did. And you're going to go, there's an alarm. And you go, go home and tell your mum, you're probably brilliant at tennis, but you're no singer. <laughs> and she said, now here's the thing. My kid really wants to be a singer. She can't sing. And I'm really honest with her. Mm. And it's great because she
1: can disagree. That honesty seems to be a real theme with you. The the being honest and authentic.
0: If you're a boss or you're a lecturer or you're a leader in any way and you are honest and sincere. But we would try very hard when we made mistakes to be really honest about it. Mm. And the press loved us for it, and I think the public loved us. We go, right, we tried that, and it didn't work even tiniest little bit at all. It was an absolute catastrophe, and I'm terribly sorry about that. And people like it. Yeah. Or you could say, oh, you know, it did work. Yeah, it was quite good, because you think people look smart. Audiences are very, very smart. Audiences know when you're lying, and communities know when you're lying. lying. And people in offices Mm. know when their boss is lying. They go, Mm. no, everything is absolutely marvellous. And you go, go, no, it isn't. And when you are honest with people, they join you and you create a community and it's a place where you can be honest and you can say, you know, we are the number three show at the moment. Mm. We need to get up to number one and we need to make some big changes here. And are we all in it together? Brilliant. Let's do it creeping up to number two congratulations we're at number two we need to get to number one how are we going to do it what's your suggestion what's working what's not working great let's change it mm. and everyone feels comfortable enough to say it out loud and suddenly
1: you're the number one show because i think for me that's one of the key takeaways for me is that that working towards the common goal but also got. the other main takeaway is the honesty that conversation the dialogue if you can be completely honest with people you can then get people working towards a common goal together. Yes. If they feel safe with you and you create, you
0: know, families argue
1: mm. because
0: they feel really safe.
1: Mm.
0: You know, you can say, oh, you're a nightmare. mom. your kids feel safe saying that to you. Yeah.
1: They wouldn't Mine regularly feel safe saying that to me. Yeah. Yes, I was
0: a nightmare yeah. as a child, still <laughs> am.
1: But I think, you
0: know, in a community at work or at uni, You'll only get better if you listen to the people that are telling you what's wrong. And you can only do that if you create an environment where those people feel safe and they feel listened to and they feel cared for. One of the things that I would say to people all the time on the shows that I make is, we're making a TV show, but the number one thing is these people feel safe and cared for. Mm. And then we make the show. And when Mm. they feel safe and cared for, they'll feel comfortable and they will be themselves. If you don't feel safe and cared for, you can't be yourself because you're always looking over your shoulder thinking, okay, are
1: we all right? Yep, and feeling safe in your community is such an uh, integral part of... It's your job. Part and sa- yeah. It's
0: yep. your job to make yep. everyone feel safe. Yep. It's your. It's not an added extra to your job, it's actually your job.
1: So in everybody's position description, we should be having safety, working towards a common emotional goal, safety. honesty, emotional yep. safety, yep, yep, and community building. As Maz has said feel safe if they are to speak up. Professor of Leadership and Management at Harvard Business School, Amy Edmondson, explains that when we feel confident that we will not be rejected, punished, or embarrassed for speaking up, we speak up more freely. In 2012, Google embarked on a project called Aristotle, a mission to understand what made teams great. It turns out the number one factor which makes or breaks a successful team is the feeling of a safe space. Google researchers identified that when people felt safe, they were able to admit mistakes, show empathy, engage in difficult conversations, and share their honest opinions. So, when Maz says that everyone's honest input makes a more successful show, she's echoing the findings of Project Aristotle and the great philosopher himself who said that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. I'm just thinking as well, you know, all of the roles that you've talked about and all of those shows that you've worked on, and even now in your, your new business, um, do you think that community building should be part of a position description? So should it be TV producer, was it ever part of your job it's description? Everything.
0: Mm. It's I can't say this, it's everything. You want your team to come into work. Now on Big Brother, we had so much fun that you wanted to come into work, yeah. and you' kind of go, like, "Oh, I'm finishing at seven, but I might stay till nine, because you know they'll come off air and we'll sit we'll have a coffee, and it'll be really good fun. Big Brother was the party you wanted to be at, and mm. I say to people, "The show has to feel like the party you want to be at, and the team has to feel like the party yep. you want to be at. Yeah And I did a show in the UK. called "The Big Breakfast," about six million years ago, and it was. The hardest thing ever. It was a morning show. So we would often start work at 5 o'clock in the morning. And we were paid, literally, go, here's a bean, and that's going to keep you going for the next year, <laughs> and you slice it into 365 <laughs> pieces and have a little slice of it. That's how badly we were paid. And it was the show that everybody wanted to work mm. on. And you knew that if you left that show, there were 40 people who wanted your job mm. because it was the most fun Yep. And what's difficult about TV in a crazy way is that it's so much fun when you're making it because you feel part of that family and you have a common goal and you're all in it together. The hard thing is when you finish work, you don't want to go out because you've had such a sense of community that you feel like you've done your fun bit and you don't need to go out.
1: And I have to say it's been amazing talking with you because... You have been somebody who's been at the forefront of that change. So reality TV and social media and how it's changed the way we do business now, that community is yes. absolutely what it's all about. Um, it's been absolutely amazing to, to talk with you today and to, to gain that insight. Thanks. <laughs> and I think um, there's been so much that I've taken away that I'm really thinking about in the way that um, we should be approaching in whatever job we do, whatever kind of field we work in, how important community is. Um, you know that that's my favourite topic anyway, but um, um, how important it is to be really honest with people and to keep that dialogue going, Yes. how to engage people, um, and that emotional security and safety within a community, how you really need to set that up right from the get-go so that people can express themselves and feel that that's a safe environment to do that. And I think the agency as well that you've given people, so to be able to feel that they do control something in their lives, whether that's as small as being able to vote for somebody in or out on a TV show or being able to actually engage in a conversation and really feel that they've actually got some agency in in other communities. That's such an important thing to do as well. So that's been amazing. I've really loved talking to you today, Maz. Thank you so much for sharing your time. It's been fabulous. I'm so
0: pleased you're doing this because I think if you don't have community, you have nothing.
1: Excellent, I completely agree. So, after that fabulous conversation, here are your practical takeaways. Number one, create your own number one show. Whether it's in the office, in the classroom, or your family, uniting your community with a key message or a common goal, maybe with a little bit of intensity, like a strict deadline, is great for building connection. Number two, don't go for gold at the boring Olympics. Share your story and make it interesting to engage your community. And number three, build a safe space by showing empathy. Provide the right environment to allow your community to admit mistakes, engage in difficult conversations and share their honest opinions. Thank you for listening to this episode make sure you head over and follow me at Rachel Abel on Facebook or Rachel Abel underscore on Twitter. You can find snippets and additional content on The Missing Piece YouTube channel and all other kinds of posts on our Instagram at tmp.podcast. I'm Rachel Abel, Head of Making Friends, and you've been listening to The Missing Piece.